Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Mean Streets, powered by FCN. I'm your host, Chris Meany. Thanks, as always, for taking the time to hang out today. Going to continue our MLB team previews. Baseball just around the corner. You can feel it. Uh, just a couple days away from opening day. I'm super jazzed, and I'm really excited about this next guest. He is hanging by. But first, I wanted to give some love to the Collectible app, at Collectible app on Twitter, the number one fractional investing platform for sports. Invest in iconic sports cards and memorabilia with exclusive sign-up prizes for FTN listeners. Collectible is a new app that lets any fan buy and sell real equity shares in the world's most rare and exciting sports collectibles. Listen, it is free to sign up FTN use that code you're automatically entered to win a free signed Babe Ruth card as well as over 10k in other sports card prizes as well they're going to break open four boxes and give away a ton of prizes over at collectible so two links you need to be aware of collectible.com slash FTN collectible.com slash the 100 check them out at collectible app on Twitter Lots of cool stuff happening right now over at Collectible and lots of cool stuff hopefully happening on this show as we bring in Eric Cross. He is the lead fantasy baseball writer and prospect analyst for Fantrax, the co-host of Five Tool Pod and Fantrax Tool Shed. You can give him a follow on Twitter at EricCross04. Also, a big part of the Fantasy Black Book series, which we had Joe Pizapia on on Friday to talk about the Nationals. We are going to talk about the Boston Red Sox and maybe get a prospect or two that Eric is feeling. Eric, I know you're super busy this time of the year. By the way, your Fantrax Fantasy Baseball Draft Guide is absolutely lit. Eric and I used to do some work together over at the Fantrax, uh, you know, Fantrax.com and with some podcast stuff too. Thanks for taking the time, Eric, man. Yeah, Chris, thanks for having me on. I've been looking forward to this. Always fun talking with you. Yes, absolutely. So, as I said, we're going to talk about the Red Sox. It's It's been, uh, I guess, <laughs> a rocky boat over the yep. past couple of years, right? You win the World Series, then all of a sudden it seems like guys are, you know, you lost Mookie a couple of years ago, and then Andrew Benatendi, and, you know, now Jackie Bradley Jr., like the whole outfield is absolutely gone. It's crazy. Um, before we get into this year's team and stuff. What have you made of some of the changes over the past couple of years and how have you taken it? Yeah. You know, it's, it's been rough, like you mentioned, but also not surprising because 
that's kind of the Dave Dombrowski model. Like what happened everywhere he went where he'll, he's always like super win now and he'll get you either to the world series or winning a world series. And so we did in Detroit and then done in uh, Miami or technically Florida back in the day. But uh, yeah, so that got that 2018 world series. That was great. A lot of the great moves he made there getting Chris sale was Mm -hmm. kind of that big one, but now you got to kind of deal with the after aftermath, but Hey, you know, I can't complain too much. Like we got the world series, you know, three years ago, can't complain too much, but you know, I'm kind of, kind of approaching Heim Bloom. I'm like, all right, let's see what he does. Like it kind of feels like he hasn't realized that he has a payroll quite yet. And he's still kind of like <laughs> operating with that Tampa Bay mindset where he's like, which is weird, a different for you, right? Another red. Right. Yeah. But it's like, you know, Andrew Friedman kind of, when he went up to the Dodgers, you know, it's kind of that same thing where I'm like, all right, maybe that'll happen. That's the, what, that's the hope, right? Like, all right, this will be Andrew Friedman 2.0 and he'll bring that, you know, small market, build the team mentality along with having, you know, a top five payroll. So it's, it's weird though. Like you mentioned the outfield, like that was the outfield for a few years. Like right. obviously there's injuries in there, but Mookie, JBJ and Benny, like, all right, that's going to be our outfield for a long time. Then we have to trade away Mookie Betts, JBJ leaves, we trade away Benny. Now it's Verdugo, Hunter Renfro and, you know, Kike Hernandez might be out there a little bit or uh Franchi Cordero. It's like, it's a weird outfield. Like it's, the longest tenured guy is Alex Verdugo, which is kind of weird. But, uh, it, <laughs> right. It's interesting though, but it's, it's still a great team. I think they're going to mash, you know, still got Absolutely. Devers and JD and Bogarts. And they're still going to be, you know, at least a top 10 offense and the pitching we'll see, but it's, uh, it's weird not being, you know, it's been a couple of years of being kind of like middle of the pack or down. So it is a little weird, but hopefully, you know, things are trending up. Listen, I think they are. You got a lot of nice pieces in in the system as well. And still, Mm. like you said, I mean, Boston's going to score some runs. They're going to be highly entertaining to watch this season. I'm probably hammering a lot of overs (laughs) when it comes to Boston games and the the (laughs) runs there. Even the team apply a total like they are going to mash. You're absolutely right. They're going to they're going to score some runs. You mentioned Dombrowski, man. I was super nervous. I'm an Angels guy. I don't know if a lot of people know that, but I used to be a Montreal Expos fan and whatever. I followed Vlad Guerrero and Mm. I was just a little nervous when I heard the reports and rumors like, oh, no, is he going to come in and just trade trout? (laughs) What's going to happen? Yeah, I was thinking that, too, and I was a little taken back by it, but so the Red Sox, 50 to 1 to win the World Series, obviously long shots here. 23 to 1 AL pennant, 22 to 1 AL East, the division, plus 275 for the, the playoffs. But what do you think of this win total, 80.5? I mean, as we talked about the offense, they're going to score some runs. And, you know, the pitching is not fantastic inside this division. I'm not talking so much about the Red Sox pitching, but can they get enough from some guys early on maybe inside the rotation and then get Chris sale back, you know, around mid season. Is this a team that could win over 80 games? I think they could, if a lot of things break, right. And by that, I mean, like most of the guys in the rotation staying healthy, because like we were talking about, I think they have enough offense to get over 80 wins and there are some good arms. Like Garrett Richards has pitched pretty well when he's been on the mound Eovaldi has shown spurts where he's a very talented arm, but obviously a lot of injury concerns there. You know, who knows when they get Chris Sale back, you know, June's been the kind of the date thrown around or the month thrown around, I should say. But now I'm hearing a little bit less optimism where, you know, they might just, if, if they're not, you know, let's say they get off to a slow start and they're, you know, 10 games under 500 come June 1st, you know, maybe they don't bring Chris Sale back. Like, hey, why rush him? Why kind of rush the guy that we're paying 30 plus million dollars a year to if we're not, it's not going to make a difference. We're not going to go to the playoffs anyway. So I'm not sure about him. Erod 
you know, he was looking good. Now he's got kind of a dead arm thing going on. So I think that's all about the pitching. I've kind of been in the mindset, high 70s, like 77, 78, 79 has been where I've kind of been feeling for this team right now. And But I think if we can get some of those pitchers to stay healthy, I think they could sneak up over that. I'd say the absolute best case scenario is probably like 84, 85. I don't see them getting up into playoff contention this year. But that's a good over-under. If I had to you know, make that bet, I would probably take the under. This is so many ifs to make me feel you know comfortable about going on the over there. But it's all be about that pitching staff. They, they could, yeah. but stuff. Yeah, it's you're right. A lot would have to, to go away and, and go their way, right? And yeah. it, it, it does have a lot to do with the pitching. So I've been just taking a look at when I'm doing these previews with people, just running through NFBC ADP for just this month alone when drafts have really ramped up. And, and mm-hmm. Sale has a wide range of outcomes, right? The min is is pick 145, the max is 503, the ADP is 369. I think I know your answer just hearing about the possibility of maybe just shutting him down or just easing him into – you know, getting him back into form and in you know, pitching ball games and where is this team going to be? And when he is close to being ready, would you take a shot on him? Like if you had Syndergaard and sale, it kind of go right around the same range. You know, Syndergaard seems to be closer. He's throwing the ball. There's a target date end of May. Would you take a shot on any of these guys in that type of format, like a NFBC style? I might with Syndergaard and, and I earlier on in draft season, you know, December, January, I was taking a shot on at least one of those three, you know, big three being those two plus Luis Severino and Thor was the one I was going after a little bit more. You know, I had a couple, you know, sales of uh, shares of sales, excuse me. But the more I hear out of, you know, out of Boston, I've been shying away. You know, if I can get him super late, if he, if he drops another hundred or so picks maybe, but yeah, I I can't go after him where he's, where he's been taken now. I'd much rather go after Thor because it seems to me a little safer bet that he'll come back right around the time frame that's been laid out in front of him. So yeah, I've kind of been avoiding sale because, you know, even when, like even before, you know, maybe it was the the injury, you know, kind of the the soreness kind of playing into it, but he sale didn't look like sale, right? Like he hasn't looked like sale for probably since 2018, really. And even end of that season, he looked a little shaky. So even when he comes back, there's no guarantee that he's going to be anything more than, all right, probably give you a lot of strikeouts still, but at the same time, what are the ratios going to look like? How deep is he be going into the games? We're obviously going to baby him whenever they do bring him back. So I just don't see a lot of value at Chris sale at, at you know, for the season. It's, you know, it's good to, to hear that too, because it seems like a lot of people are willing to take that shot on sale just for the name and knowing that they may have him towards the end of the season for a fantasy baseball playoff push, but maybe your pick is just better off taking somebody who is just healthy with some upside that you can see early on and return some value. And maybe it's just a headache to have sale. Uh, I'm with you. I, I've yeah. been taking some shots on Thor. A buddy of mine said last night he drafted sale and asked me if we would see him this year. And I said, I don't know. I yeah. And for, for what it's worth, I don't trust the Red Sox medical staff. <laughs> like a lot of the, you know, the ETAs or whatever the time frames they've laid yeah. out, like with Dice Game at Sasaka, it was like, all right, he'll be out for two weeks. And then two weeks turns into four months. So I just don't, I, I never, I always take what they say with a grain of salt. Like, all right, June, okay, let's see it. You know, let's see how he looks in April, May. You know, he just started throwing not too long ago. So it's like, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't see June, maybe July, August earliest. But at that point, like I said, he needs a lot of time to get ramped up. So I don't see the value. 
So you mentioned Eovaldi. Um, he was phenomenal a couple of years ago. He's got the ADP around 200. Garrett Richards is not getting drafted in your standard 12-team, 14-league, but uh, he's, he's shown some signs so far, I thought, this spring. I really liked him with the Angels. Unfortunately, he just wasn't able to stay healthy. That's been the thing with him over the past couple of years and pitching mm. for the Padres and then into the bullpen and, and whatnot. Our team Perez had a couple you know, decent outings last year when it's like, wow, okay, Perez, you know, talking about him in DFS and you know, some, some, some strong outings. And then Pavetta has been a guy that's been floated around in the fantasy community, as you know, um, <laughs> yeah. over the past few years, it shows flashes of just awesomeness. And then other times, you know, the, the command and giving up some bombs and then Erod there, which you alluded to as well. Would you take a shot on any of these guys? And if so, I know Erod's probably obviously the guy with the highest ceiling, but would you take a shot on of Richards or Pavetta in a, in a deeper league? And what do you think the expectations are for some of these guys? Like what would be a good season for Garrett Richards? Like how many innings? Yeah, he's he's the one I'm really intrigued by the most. You know, Erod, I was until the dead arm thing kind of came around because his value for what he could bring to the table was pretty good. He was on outside pick 200. I was like, all right, this this could be a top 30 to 40 pitcher if he's healthy. Obviously, Big F, he's been dealing. He he always has the weird injuries, right? You know, the, the heart issues, COVID. Oh, it's never like you know, like a sore arm. You know, he's had some of that too, but it's always all over the place with him, which makes me feel a little worse. It's like you never know what's going to pop up with Erod. Same with Richards. But I like Richards. What he brought to the table brings to the table from where he is being drafted, and he has, like I said, he's when he's been on the mound, he's been pretty good. Like really good, yeah. Twenty sixteen and twenty seventeen, six starts each. Had ERA right around two point three each season. Twenty eighteen was three sixty six. Twenty twenty was four oh three. You know, so for the most part, he's pitched very well. Just he hasn't pitched more than seventy six and third innings since two thousand fifteen. Like Barack Obama wow. was in office the last time he made <laughs> this guy made over you know 16 starts. So this kind of puts it in perspective. But he's going so late, and the reports have been pretty solid from what I've heard coming out of kind of Boston camp that I'll take a, a risk that you know at least the strikeouts will be there. And even if the ratios aren't great, but for where he's going, if he gets hurt again, I don't think it's gonna be much of a loss, right? You can just cut him exactly one of your last round picks or you know, a buck in auction drafts where you just cut them for, you know, whoever's hot. So this is little risk and potential for a, a decent reward there. I'd go after Richards. said Erod, if he's, you know, this dead arm thing isn't a big issue. He's been a good value, I think. Eovaldi, and he's falling down boards now, Eric, not to yeah. jump in there, but he was a good value anyways. But now with this dead arm, he's, some people are passing on him. He's yeah. going two rounds later. Yeah, he's, he's one to keep an eye on too, because he's very, he's the most talented arm on the current staff right now. Obviously, sales more talented, but you know, he's the most talented arm, so he has the highest reward, kind of like you alluded to, but I just don't trust him. You know, I've, I've seen this story play out so many times before where it's like, all right, Erod's back, he's looking good, and then something else pops up. You know, it's the COVID thing or his heart issue kind of resurfaces or he has a sore shoulder. It's always something with Erod. So I, I kind of shy away at, at times with him, but if you can get him, if he's sliding even further and you can get him like, late 200s or so if people are kind of scared off by the the uh, dead arm then I, I would take a shot there but not any earlier than that though what do you make of pavetta uh, <laughs> I, I was a pavetta. right there we're gonna have to I, that. that's it's kind of like the my initial reaction uh i was a pavetta guy you know kind of back when he can't was breaking through with the phillies yeah it was like the stuff was there he was always you know the high strikeout numbers but he is one of those guys where i'm like all right i, I need to see it like I'm not gonna have any shares of Pavetta this year because I'm in that I need to see it before I'll buy in. 
So if you're someone out there is still on Pavetta and he pitches well this year, great. I think that's a low likelihood. I think I wasn't crazy about bringing him in. You know, we, we didn't give up much to get him. I think, I think that was in the uh, Brendan Workman deal, giving up a re- middling reliever on that was expiring contract anyway. So it was a little risk to bring the, bring him in from a you know team perspective for the Red Sox, but for fantasy, outside of super super deep league, like you know five hundred plus players total, like I'm not looking at Pavetta. He says he's burned me two times before, where I need to see him actually pitch well for longer than two starts. Like all right, string together six, seven, eight starts. Don't you don't have to, have to look great, just look decent, right? Like until then, like all right, he's more of just like a streamer and a good matchup for me. <laughs> yeah, and, and 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 you know, not a great ballpark, of course. No, and, not not for Pavetta. I think he's been pretty Homer friend happy. Yeah, I remember. I don't have his numbers in front of me, but yeah, Fenway is not the greatest park for him. No, dude <laughs> had a twenty seven percent ground ball rate last year, and you know it was a very small sample size, only fifteen innings. But that's not what you want—a forty eight point nope. <laughs> nine percent fly ball rate inside that division, making trips around all those hitter friendly ballparks. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not just Fenway; it's every no, ballpark it's in the division. Exactly. Yankee Stadium. I think yeah. the most pitcher friendly park is maybe the Trop, and even that's still a hitter friendly park. It's yeah. like there's no hitter friendly. There's no you know, Oracle, there's, you know, there's no big park in this division. So yeah, it's most of his starts, probably two thirds of them will be in very hitter friendly parks. Yeah. We'll look back at the 2018 season and see, you know, the 10.32 K per nine, the 2.80 walks per nine, the ground ball rate flirting with 50%. The, you know, the X FIP was 3.4. We'll say, okay, that was the outlier because everything is gone. The opposite right. direction. The swinging strike percentage was 12%. The contact rate was 74. Now he's, you know, the, the swinging strike percentage wasn't even, you know, in the double digits last year and, and things like that. So, but it just seems like it's a guy that a lot of people root for, right? A lot of people want to see right. that 2018. I don't know what it is. Like I see his I name surface all the time and it's like, ah, <laughs> oh, Pavetta, like, oh yeah, maybe he won people fantasy championships in 2018 and they think that he can, you know, return the glory, but I don't, I don't personally see it. Yeah, I don't either. either. Uh, let's talk about some of these stud bats. I don't know if there's anything negative to say about Bogarts or Devers. Uh, we got shortstop eight for Xander and third baseman five for Devers this month on average. Again, NFBC, the ADP for Bogarts is 33. Devers is 40. I think pretty ac- pretty decent value, actually, on both of those guys. Would you agree? Are you in on them? Are they targets of yours? I know you, you got to get them early, but they are studs. Oh, Absolutely. I think Xander Bogarts is one of the more underrated players for fantasy because, you know, he's not one of those flashy players like a Tatis or an Acuna, but the guy just produces. Like, mm-hmm. he's hit over 300 each of the last two years. And even in 2018, he hit 288. He's a 289 career hitter. He had 33 home runs in 2019, 117 RBI, 110 runs scored. Last year, he was right on that same, around that same pace, you know, 30, over 100, over 100. And even adds a little bit of speed too. Like he's yeah. last year, he was on a about a twenty steal pace. I don't think it's ever going to happen, but you know that he's shown that he can steal. You know, ten to fifteen. He's just really, really good, and he kind of gets overlooked because like everyone's looking for you know the Bo Bichette, and I love Bo Bichette, but like all the the flashier young names, and like oh, he's kind of the old guy of the position almost, like, or at least of the of the good, you know, the the top of this position. He's kind of the elder statesman. He's twenty eight now, which is not old at all. But when you look at Bo and Seeger and Tatis and all them, it's kind of old for this position, but he's just so underrated. And then Devers is just a great bounce back. 
because he kind of had like a eh, so-so season last year. But what we saw from Devers in 2019, I think is a very legit, the guy just barrels everything up, makes a ton of hard contact. What hit kind of his downfall is he's a little aggressive, you know, a little bit too much swing in this game, but at the same time, he doesn't strike out a ton either. It's more so like the lower walk rate, right? Where if he was a little more patient, kind of waited for a pitch to hit, he'd be even better. I think there's like that next level where he could be like a fantasy first rounder because he's another one that can add a little bit of speed as well, which is not something you usually get from the third base position. Like he had eight steals in 2019, didn't steal any last year, but you know, he's shown that he has at least a little bit of speed can hit for high average can hit for power you know, in a great park, in a great lineup, hitting, you know, probably third or so, you know, see how Alex Cora kind of shakes out that lineup. But he'll be somewhere in the middle of it, third, fourth or so. So a lot to like about Devers. And that ADP coming off the kind of the subpar season where he had 263, 310, 483, yeah, that's created a nice nice buying window for him. So, you know, he, he's in that kind of range where it's like, Arenado's a good value, Bregman's a good value, a lot of good values at yeah. third base, you know, and that's kind of that second tier behind, you know, Joe Ram and Manny Machado where Endeavors is right in the middle of that. So I'm, I'm buying both of them at their ADPs this year. Yeah, me too. I love both of their prices. There, there's no question about it. I mean, yeah, you look at last season, the, the 263 average, I think, you know, he's at least a 280 hitter. I, yeah. I feel like Agreed. he is. Um, and he's a guy that's going to hit you 30 bombs and yeah, maybe he doesn't score 129 runs again, but it's just, <laughs> it's still a good offense, right? What we right. talked about, he can drive in a hundred, he can score a hundred. I think it's terrific value. I think a lot of people are, are just looking into last year too much as opposed to 2019 and seeing yep. what was right there with that guy and, and keeping in mind that he's 24 years old, yeah, still very uh, young, <laughs> still very, very young. So Another guy that that struggled last season, but I just felt like last year, the shortened season, things didn't work out. I When I watched Red Sox games, I'd see J.D. Martinez's face, and he's hanging in the dugout, and he's just like kind of staring off in space like, what, how did I get here? What is happening this season? We just won the World Series. Like, what is what is going on? He had 213 last year, seven home runs, obviously the very, very small sample size. But this is a guy who just – you knew what you were getting every year that you drafted him. I, I know that you did uh, a segment with Gary and Thorne. I think you were just talking prospects. I don't know if you guys brought up J.D. Martinez, but I heard Gary and talking – Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. On Fantasy Picks and Bets, the baseball show over the Mayo Media Network was just like, he is such a fan of J.D. Martinez. And it's tough mm. for him to say that I know as a Jays guy. It is very <laughs> tough. But what he had said was, was something that him and I had talked about for years working at, at another company about J.D. and just knowing what you get with him. Mm-hmm. Safe, 300 average. He's going to pop. You know, you're not going to get any stolen bases, whatever. But just a safe guy. But now we see age 33. He'll be 34 in a few months. I'm at one point, at some point, the power does decline a little bit, but his ADP, I mean, it's 94. But again, another guy, wide range of outcomes where people are willing to grab him early, min pick 49, max 153. Where do you stand? I am in on JD at his ADP, and I would take him a little bit higher than that, too, because like you mentioned you knew what you were getting coming into 2020. And he's the type of guy like him and, and Kristen Yelich, a good example of this, where 
when, when, when I take away from 2020 is I'm not taking away much from the studs that were proven studs for multiple years struggling in this weird season that we just had. Right. Mm-hmm. And JD was one of them where he was super consistent, you know, previous two years with us, you know, over 300, 36 home runs, 43 home runs, over 100 RBI. Maybe he's not 330, 43 bombs, 130 RBI. Good again. But 2019, 304, 36, 105, 98 runs scored. With JD, he's just such a creature of habit. And, you know, video is a big thing. He's very one of the smartest ball players I think I've ever seen, where the way he can analyze. And like, he helped, he's helped analyze, you know, and get Devers out of funks and get Bogarts out of funks. Like, he could be, a, I think he's a hitting coach down the road. He's, yeah, that, that, that seemed like, like it. That type of mind, right? Where he's, he's always thinking he's got a great baseball mind. So kind of how they didn't, MLB didn't allow, you know, the, the video last year. I think that messed him up a little bit and kind of threw him off his game. Like, he's a creature of habit more so than most we know we know baseball players are but more so with jd so i'm giving him a pass and like he's the type of guy where his kind of game fits so well at fenway like i mentioned it with Dahlbeck, you know a lot coming up through like his swing and he can pull the ball and he can elevate and he can go to the opposite field like he's not a guy that you can pitch outside because he'll take it and put it in the bullpens out there in right field so it's such such a professional hitter I'm all I'm all for a bounce back. I think 2019 numbers, like I mentioned, are is a pretty fair expectation for what you can get from JD Martinez. And if you're getting that, you know, right around 330, 100, 100 at close to pick 100, I'm all in. And people will be like, oh, he's utility only. That's I I kind of don't buy into that. Not you know, if, if you're comfortable and if you're you know confident in your drafting abilities, it's not like you're taking them in the second round. Right. You're taking him like in a 50 teamer, that's what, like around six, seven, 12 teamer, that's round eight or so. Like you can build around that. And if you're getting a great hitter, it's like you're getting a guy that's hitting 20 bombs and 280. You're getting a potential, you know, stud bat. So I'm all for the him at, at that ADP for sure. And if he, if he hits 275 or 280 and has 30 home runs with, say, 90 RBI and 80 runs, this is, we're talking about a top 30 hitter. Yeah, that's still good. A guy who's can return value for sure. Absolutely. In the eighth or the ninth. I'm with you on, I don't care about utility at all. And doing these NFBC drafts and the great baseball invitational, there are three guys that just stand out to me as values. JD's one Stanton, whatever I going a little bit later. I'm less intrigued with Stan because of all the injuries lately, but the upside still is there. And then Alvarez or Mm -hmm. Alvarez, all three of those guys, I think have terrific value. Um, Just taking a look at what has happened, what happened last year and how it translate translates over, but all three, maybe not so much Stan. He's got the track record of the injuries and type of freak (laughs) injuries earlier. He's gotten a few of them as well. He's a king of that. (laughs) Yeah, JD and Jordan Alvarez. I mean, people just seem to be. You're in on Alvarez, right? Oh, I'm big, big Alvarez guy. Like that dude's gonna mash. Like you saw, like when he came up. Not to go on a ramp here, but he was arguably when he came up early June back in 2019. From that point to the end of the season, he was up there with Trout in terms of like the AL MVP for that time frame, right? Yeah. He was just mashing the ball. He was like 98th percentile and everything to do with, you know, hard contact and barrel rate and exit velocity. The dude just mashes. Like he's the next JD Martinez in the making, like 300 guy, Good call. 40 bombs. I love you around and people were scared off by the knees. He's a DH. He's not playing center field. He's exactly. not playing shortstop. It's not a, you don't need to use the knees much to, Jot around the bases after you hit a 450 foot blast. So I'm, I'm all, yeah, I'm all in on Jordan. You're on as well. I love to hear it. Uh, so I, there's a lot of just 
great targets in this lineup. We've been talking about them. Verdugo is great, 131 ADP. Even Vasquez, 146, right? And great yep. on-base guy. Maybe he's steal you a couple bags here and there. So let's talk about some of these other guys. Let's talk about Bobby Dahlback. I mean, come on. This spring, <laughs> every time I look, this guy's hitting a home run. He's got seven bombs, slashing 311, 392, 822, 1.214 OPS. Got a couple doubles. He does have 19K. He's walked six times, 16 RBI. The ADP here is 257. Uh, man, expectations seem pretty high for this guy. You mentioned the swing in Fenway. Yeah. What do you What do you make of Bobby and what you've seen from him so far? He has performed exactly how I expected him to yeah. perform. And kind of how he's been throughout his mind of the career. I got a lot of eyes on him live looks as uh the red sox double a affiliates in portland maine which is 20 minutes from my house I'm, I'm there a lot saw him a ton back in that was 2018 and maybe 2019 as well nice he was You've there firsthand yeah so i saw him you know probably 15 20 times and yeah i said his swing is this perfect tailor-made for fenway he pulls the ball a lot and he he elevates the ball. And as we know at Fenway, that's either going to be a lot of, you know, balls off the monster or over the monster. And he, he's kind of like JD in the sense that he can go, like, he's an all fields power to it. He's not a dead pull hitter, but yeah, he's, he strikes out a lot. That's always been there, but he's always walked a good amount. So if you're in OBP leagues, mm. a little bit of a boost in value there. Don't expect more than, I think 250 is probably his absolute best case scenario for an average. He's sort of like 230, 240, but OBP will be pretty solid. He's always at a high walk rate dating back to his days at the University of Arizona. Always been that big walk guy, big power. Where you can get, you know, from you mentioned the ADP around 250, he could be a, a 35 to 40 home run bat this year. As long as they play him full time and, you know, allow him to stay in the lineup when he's going through his low, there'll be those peaks and valleys with this type of hitter. There sure. always are. But as long as they keep him in the lineup and he gets, you know, 550, 600 plate appearances, there's 40 home run power there. And that's not something you can find very often that late. And and even if he's hit, he's, he's going to hit no higher than seventh, probably. But, you know, hitting seventh or eighth in Boston's not that bad, right? Where he no. can still get 80 plus RBI, especially if he's hitting all those tanks, you know, hitting seventh. So, yeah, good, good sneaky value there, especially if you're a little light on power and you draft, you're like, I need a little bit of power here late. Bobby Dahlbeck's a great target. Yeah, I think he is too. And again, in standard 12-team leagues with your Yahoo or ESPN with your buddies, I don't think a lot of people are even drafting this guy. Right. I, I, th- I think, you know, this time next week we're talking about, hey, in maybe in, you know, fan tracks leagues, you're playing best ball money. It, usually the ownerships are a little bit higher over there. But Yahoo, ESPN, CBS, we're, you know, I'll, I'll be taking a look at it and I'll be saying, why is Bobby Dahlbeck owning 22% of Yahoo leagues? <laughs> it's one of those springs that I think we – you know, you can take spring with a grain of salt, but it's very positive to see what he's been doing in spring. I think, Yeah. you know, just mashing balls and the contact has been there. Yeah. 34 to 40. You're saying that's pretty, it does seem like 500 plate appearances is a very good possibility for him. Yeah. There's no real threat. Like Michael Chavis is there, but he's like also a, having a good spring. Yeah. But he's kind of like a scaled back version of Dahlbeck. Like, Dahlbeck with less power because he has a lot of strikeout issues too. Yeah. Uh, Michael J. Maybe not quite as profound as Dahlbeck's strikeout woes, but there's not really like the bench for Boston. There's not like anybody like, all right, let's get him in the lineup. So it's you know, <laughs> Mitch Moreland's not back. You know, <laughs> I, I thought they were going to bring Mitch Moreland back because they love Mitch Moreland here in Boston, but he signed with Oakland. Oakland. Yeah. yeah, Oakland. Um, So I think once that, that signing happened, I was like, all right, they're, they're going to give Dahlbeck at least the major- vast majority of those first base reps. 
Unfortunately, I had to take um, like a flyer already on Mitch Moreland as I had Luke Voigt and some other first baseman who's hurt. It's like, oh my goodness, I'm off to a great start here. I know, Mitch all those injuries. But... It's been a rough like last week in the fantasy world. All these Gallon and Gallon um, uh, breaks Jimenez and it's and yeah, it's been a rough week. Yeah. yeah, I mean Gallon was a guy that I. I had as a 12th round keeper in one league and I just did it anyways, knowing that I could be without him for three months. But I'm just trying to look ahead at the long picture right. you know, as maybe next season I can grab him for, you know, a 10th, but a couple more guys here on the way out that I wanted to get your thoughts on Chavis. You just pretty much uh, already mentioned, but Kike Hernandez, ADP 385, min 201, 467. I mean, it looks like he's going to lead off for, for Boston this year, which is very appealing. And then Renfro is 434. Uh, what do you make of those two guys? Yeah, they're they're intriguing late round targets where the Kike leading off thing doesn't really make sense. <laughs> I know, I was re- taken back by that. I think he's a, I was looking at his uh, career OBP, I think it's like 313. So that's kind of odd. But then again, the Red Sox don't really have a great lead off option. Like for Dugo, I think it was probably the best one. They, they have him hitting second right now, um, looks like. So yeah, Kike, I don't know. He's not another one of those guys where he always has those flashes where he'll go on a tear for like a week and then he yeah. goes into hibernation for two months. So, yes. you know, I, I think he's at least worth a, a late run flyer, you know, second, second base eligible. You know, he's got some pop. He's just scoring a decent amount of runs, even if his OBP isn't great. Cause right behind him, he's got Verdugo, JD, Xander endeavors. So I think I can see a, a late run flyer for just what he can provide at that second base position and Renfro. He's kind of like a, a Bobby Dahlbeck where I like Renfro in Fenway park. And I think he's, I think he's in a play because like I said, there's not really any other options out there. You know, he's, I think he's locked in out there in right field. You know, even if he struggles, like there's no, nobody out there is going to take his spot. Uh, so I think he could get a good amount. He's going to be a 30 home run bat in, in Fenway. And what you said his ADP was 400 something. Yeah. 30 bombs that late. Yeah. Yeah. He's not the greatest player in the world. He's not going to hit for high average. He's kind of like Bobby Dahlbeck in that sense. OBP is not going to be great either, but you just need some cheap power. Maybe he's a guy you get off the waiver wire. He, he always goes to those stretches where he's hot for a few weeks and, and hits you eight, eight home runs over two weeks. So definitely want to keep an eye on him. He needs some late cheap powers. So I like, I like Renfro and Fenway Park. The, the Red Sox are going to be fun to stack in DFS, like especially the, the back end of their, their lineup with some of these guys, right? Especially like against lefties, like what we know about Renfro. I mean, for me, I just, this is a guy that, I mean, last year, whatever, 2020, but you look at some of the bombs that he's had, he, you know, over the past couple of years, 2019, I'm looking at it now. There was one season I thought in 2018 had against righties, it was 30, 18 home runs, eight against lefties. So, I mean, he does definitely have some power and it's like you said, it's a good lineup and it's a, it's a good ballpark and, you know, be picking on some, some brutal pitchers there. So there is certainly some power. The Kiki thing, I like, how long does that last? He leads off. Do you think? I don't know, man. Like, Super I didn't strange. think it was going to happen. I was like coming into this year, coming into spring training. I was like, all right, Verdugo will lead off. They'll put like, maybe put Devers too. They they put him too sometimes last year, or maybe they put, you know, JD up there or, or whatever. But I was like, God, Kike leading off. Like I said, the OBP has never been good. So yeah. I just don't think, I think it lasts for a couple months, but then I think there's a chance that, you know, a prospect, you know, Jaron Duran, once he comes up, I think Jaron Duran is a good, option for the top of the order so maybe when when he comes up probably may or june or so i'm estimating him up you know taking over the probably left field spot i could see maybe duran moving up there and, and him and verdugo or some sort of one two whatever order they decide but 
I don't see that. Last, that that can't last the whole season. Like, there's no, no way. And you're de- you're dead on about Hernandez and the spurts that he goes through. It's been like for the last five years, he's been one of the hottest waiver wire pickups, writing columns about about Hernandez and what he can do, and then the Dodgers and the weird things. So, I mean, at least to start the season, the second base position isn't all that great. And if you're playing in a deep league, uh, I mean, to start the year, he may he may work out to be something for you. Maybe he's just one yeah. of those sell high guys. I don't know. And you're depending on what kind of format. So yeah, I was just looking to get at Renfro I thought he was much better against lefties it's okay I mean um against lefties for his career he's got the 370 Woba and the the 137 WRC plus but he's had his moments and he's definitely a guy that strikes so no fear for Matt Barnes I know he's on the COVID list last time reading he's he's good to go he's he's back in so anybody drafting this weekend I know right now his ownership's only around 60% Yahoo League so it seems like maybe there's some some pause for people that are drafting him and Adelvino has been drafted uh in a couple of my leagues I know he's a target in you know, in some deeper formats that I have, but no real issues with Barnes, um, you know, for people drafting in the next couple of days. Not really. You know, I've never been in love with Barnes. I think he's more of like a seventh, eighth inning guy that's being put as a closure yeah. because we don't, there's not really any other, you know, better options. I like Ottavino. I think he's a good, yeah. I said, I think I like him more as, as a pitcher. I think he's better suited for that role is that slider that Ottavino has is absolutely filthy, but Barnes is a really good curveball as well. But you know, he's not one I'd be looking to draft as like one of my, top two relievers but if you can get him as a year rp3 which i think is possible he's going around i don't know where his adp quite is in terms of relative to other relief pitchers but he's decent enough like he's not going to be anyone that you're going to win your league with but mm-hmm. you know i think he's gonna get a lot of say even if boston's boston's gonna be competitive in most of these games right so and with their pitching as bad as it is i don't think there's gonna be a lot of games where we're like winning by five six runs it'll be a lot of close games you know, that we're going to be in like these eight to six, seven to five types of games. So I think he could, you know, as long as he stays healthy and, you know, Adobino doesn't take over, I think he could get, you know, 25 or so saves this year with some good strikeouts and okay ratios. Yeah, out of, you know, 388 NFBC. Uh, I think he's definitely interesting in leagues with holds, too. Absolutely. Um, strikeouts yeah. are, are certainly going to be there. Eric, you're great, man. Fantastic. Not a homer at all, which your colleague, my close friend, Mike Omelon, hey, give me this to give to you. Eric is great. Tell him, ask him to vote for his favorite of the following, and we'll see. Where he's all right, let's do it. His, his heart is really into Boston. Bobby <laughs> Dahlback, 50 home runs this season. Devers top three in MVP voting, Renfro 35 bombs, Kike top eight fantasy second baseman, or your boy Tristan Cass's September call-up to begin his Hall of Fame career, which is most likely. Wow. Okay. I, I don't see the Kike thing happening. Uh, as much as I want to say Cassis is up September, I don't see it. I think that most likely there, I would love to say Dahlbeck 50 bombs. I would Imagine. love to. I think that's I mean, not. We got Pete Alonso is right. I mean, right. Rick, he was crushing. I don't think it's hundred percent out of the question, but I think <laughs> most likely scenario there panning out probably Devers top three MVP. I guess yeah, he's been you know his. Uh, I got to pull back his, his numbers up, but back when he was his season in 2019, where did he finish MVP? All right, 12th Four. in MVP. So he's gotten close to top 10 MVP voting. Yes, where I, I think if he puts together that type of season and takes that step, that I think he can take. I think that could be the, the most possible outcome there, but I would love to see Dahlbeck at 50 bombs. I have a lot of Dahlbeck shares, so that would make my uh, my fantasy teams look pretty damn good. We've been talking about him a lot, Big John, over at FTN, host of Cork Stats, uh, about underdog fantasy and him being a really good target in that scoring system with bombs, um, and they were no real penalty for strikeouts and things like that. And So I think he's a really strong target. 
Uh, we'll get you out on here. Get you out of here on this. And you're a big prospects guy. You've done some great work for Joe PZP in the fantasy black book and over at fan tracks as well. And guys, like if you are listening to the show, watching the show and, and you are a big baseball fan, you really need to check out Eric's work, follow him on Twitter. He's got some phenomenal stuff. This guy knows prospects inside and out. So give me a prospect. Maybe that you have some shares. You're just really looking forward to maybe you don't even have shares. You couldn't get them, but you're just really looking forward to. And then just somebody in general that you seem to have a lot of shares of with draft just wrapping up yeah you know with, with the prospect side of it you know i could go the easy route and say jared kelnick but you know a prospect that i've gotten some late shares of is logan gilbert out in, with the seattle nice. mariners is it kind of sounds like he's going to be up fairly early probably by memorial day i'd be surprised if he's still down assuming he pitches well obviously once the triple a season starts on may 1st but he's one where he's very much ready he looked really good in spring training Got the, he's the big frame elite extension creates that great fastball that he has good off speed pitches as well i think he's like a long term he's like a number two starter so i think he could be one of those pitchers that i think i made a, a bold prediction on fantrax toolshed last night when we were recording we we're doing some prospect bold predictions and one of mine was that logan gilbert was gonna be up in may excel and then be drafted next year where we're drafting like anderson and Sixto this year like 100 give or take so i, I really like logan gilbert this year got a lot of late shares then the other guy I have a lot of shares of, I'll stick in Seattle, Mitch Haniger. I love Mitch Haniger. Looks like he's going to lead off for the most part for Seattle. That's not a great lineup, but it could be solid enough where he could flirt with a hundred, you know, ninety to hundred runs. Because you know, back before he had the you know the back injury and the I hate to even say it, the ruptured testicle, um, which is just nobody can, no man can say that with a straight face. Like you no. just, you always wince a little bit. I, I'm feeling it right now. It's, I know it's, it, it's so hard to say, but you know, before that 2018 he broke out was one, he was a top 50 player on a per game basis. Yeah. 2019, the average did dip, but he was on like a 44 homer pace and 130 runs, even though his OBP was like 320. I don't know how you have that many runs scored. He had like 46 runs and scored in like 58 games that year or something like that. So I, I think, you know, I think the he looked pretty good in spring training as well. I think he's good power, you know, can score, you know, a good amount of runs. RBAs might not be too great leading off for Seattle. It's the bottom of the order isn't too great, but he just could have give you a little bit of everything. He's going outside pick 200. I'm, I'm all in on the Mitch Haniger bounce back. I have him on a lot. I'd probably say over half my teams. I have me Mitch too, Haniger. Me too, actually. I'm a big, I'm a big fan. Uh, not to bring up Joe Pizzapi again, even though we love him and he's a great guy. But <laughs> we love he, Joe. Yeah, we love <laughs> Joe. I was on his uh, Fantasy Pros baseball podcast a couple weeks ago when we were just talking 10 bargains each. And I mentioned Haniger. And he's like, you know what? You're the fifth person that came in here with Haniger. I'm kind of <laughs> getting sold on Haniger. I'm like, and I said a lot of the same things you did, right? The power, speed near the top of the lineup leading off looks like he's going to and then the the, the big season that we had from him that 2018 season I mean, he was a top 25 hitter he was great yeah. he was phenomenal and i think you know last year you know didn't play and then the injuries and, and the freak stuff and all, all that and and then here it is a week later last friday in joe's home league the guy is just outbidding me on Hanniger. So <laughs> I was like, Hey, I thought you weren't really sold on Hanniger. I'm like, all oh, you guys, you know, you won me over. I'm sold. So, um, yeah, Mitch Hanniger. It seems like a lot of us have shares of him and he's like I said, he's absolutely free right now. Yeah. I uh, appreciate it, man. You've been great. Um, Thanks so much for, for taking the time to join me here on Mean Streets. Check out Eric Cross. Four is the Twitter handle. Again, the lead fantasy baseball writer and po- prospect analyst for Fantrax. And check out his podcast, The Five Tool Pod and Fantrax Toolshed. Thanks so much, Eric. Thanks, Chris. That was a lot of fun. Appreciate it. All right. Well, we're going to do uh, some more baseball stuff. I mean, we still got a couple more days before the season 
gets underway. So thanks so much for watching. Please rate, review, subscribe, leave a comment there. If you have a, a Red Sox question, circle back before the season gets underway. We'll talk to you soon. Cheers. Thank you.